Welcome to Iron Sharpens Iron, a program by Catholic men for Catholic men. My name's Matt Palmer. I'm with Catholic Men's Ministry in the Diocese of Columbus, and I'm joined by my co-host, Devin Shad, with Fathers of St. Joseph. And together, we're so grateful for St. Gabriel Radio here in Ohio that produces uh, this show for us. Devin, how are you, brother? I'm good. Thank you, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing great. A little cold today. We're broadcasting here the last day of January, but um, it's all good. And uh, our guest, I'm so excited, Devin, that we're going to have some time to to, uh, to visit with Deacon Charlie Ekaveri of the Los Angeles Diocese, and uh, we'll get him introduced here in just a minute. But Devin, would you open us in prayer, please, brother? Yeah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord Jesus, you tell us that if we abide in you, you will abide in us. And that you tell us that where two or more gathered in your name, you are present. And so, Lord, we know that we can't just abide in you by ourselves, but collectively as well, we need to abide as a, as a body, a body of yours, a body of men. And so, Lord, just be with us now in this meeting. Pour out your Spirit upon us, but also inspire us to gather with other men and to become these uh, platoons, holy platoons of power, spiritual power, to bring the torch of the gospel into darkness. We ask all this in your most holy name, Jesus of the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. And uh, what a great way to introduce kind of what we want to focus on with Deacon Charlie. Deacon Charlie Ekaveri, good morning, my brother. How are you? Good morning, Matt. Thanks for having me back. We're so glad to have you back. And uh, here, Devin and I in Iowa and Ohio are dealing with a lot of cold, and you're there in L.A., so I think we're a little a little jealous of you. Yeah, one, uh, one or two uh, less layers required out here, I'm sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, Devin, it's zero today in Iowa, right, where you are? <laughs> yeah, zero. <laughs> That's <laughs> and exactly it's, right. It's 19 here in Columbus, so... Um, We'll, we'll steal a little bit of your sunshine here during this talk, Deacon. But um, I thought Devin's prayer really opened us well. Um, it seemed like the Holy Spirit was in, is inviting all of us to talk about um, the brotherhood of men and, and what it means to, to have fellowship and to seek out um, other men in which to walk this journey as, as Catholic men through life. And so I'm excited. We've got an, uh, here in our diocese, we've got a Catholic men's conference coming up in a few weeks. Deacon Charlie, you'll be there as one of our keynote presenters. That's very exciting. Devin Absolutely. has spoken at our conference before. Um, and I think whether it's a large men's conference, uh, we'll have 3,000 guys there, or whether it's a small gathering of men, maybe some of you listening out there are part of That Man Is You or a Knights Council or some kind of smaller prayer group. There's something uh, that the Holy Spirit is doing in men to bring us together. Um, and yet, I think there's also a tendency, Satan certainly wants to keep us isolated. Uh, so let, let's start with, you know, with the isolation that we see, Deacon Charlie. When you look at the culture and you look at men, um, this, this natural, uh, maybe not so natural, but this, this inclination that we have to sort of be apart. What, what, what's happening there? What's Satan doing? What are we allowing ourselves, uh, what are we allowing to happen to ourselves that we find ourselves so often as men separate from one another and isolated? You know, it's interesting because, um, 
I start with the thought that in the Diocese of Los Angeles, Mass is celebrated in over 40 languages every single day. But when you think of the enemy, he only speaks in two languages. So he's a little bit easier to spot. One, his first language is accusation. You're no good. You're not going to make it. People don't like you. You know, all of this kind of imposter syndrome stuff that we oftentimes hear. And his second language is division. That's where his name actually means, right? Satan or devil, divider is a big part of it. So when we hear or see or experience the language of division or separation, you said keeping us apart, fundamentally the same thing, that usually has its origins in the enemy of our soul. And so there's a lot of that. Now, his tactics and his strategies evolve over time um, as the needs require. And what I found is a big driver of that um, type of separation now, Matt, is really isolation and distraction, distraction in particular. There's so many ways, there's so many things, so many screens, so many new technologies that um, have popped up that some of them, of course, can be good, uh, can be used for good, can be part of the our tool set in the mission field. But, you know, we have to know how to use them uh, judiciously and how to apply them well, because otherwise they can be extraordinary um, distractions. And, you know, we've got only the present moment. That's the reality of how God created the universe. Uh, you know, he gave us the, the, the perspectives of the past and the future as well. But that really just is perspective. We just have the moment and we have an opportunity to spend that moment in a particular way. And so there's just so much distraction that's out in the world um, that I think is, is in 2023, one of the big drivers of what keeps us um, apart or can keep us apart. Mm. As a you know, kind of final thought, I would just say that it's hard for me to not even reflect on the title of this show, right? Iron sharpens iron, um, that uh, very famous uh, citation from Proverbs. But, you know, we tend to focus on the fact of the iron being sharpened. And that's great. Like, you know, we we're, we're sort of stealing our resolve and growing in character and virtue, and that's all really good. And we forget the, the sort of the, the end of that line, right? right? Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And the reality is you can't have the, the iron be sharpened without coming into relationship and community with someone else. And that is at the heart of the importance of why it's meaningful to come together. And there's a thousand other reasons why, but just some opening thoughts on, on your first question. Mm. You know, Devin, I'm thinking of, of your ministry and your work as well, and how often um, you really have uh, really thought deeply about this. And the notion of distraction is certainly one that you have lifted up in your work with men that it's something that we have to really be aware of, uh, and it's, it's one of Satan's most effective tools. Some reactions to what, to what Deacon Charlie is sharing. Yeah, I mean, he's spot on. The devil is the great divider who wants to accuse us and blame us. I really think that, you know, like, for example, uh, at our last Father's St. Joseph group, we started a new initiative. A lot of young guys are showing up, which is amazing. But what we've found over the years, and I told the guys this, um, because we've been doing this particular local chapter for about 12 years, I said, look around the room. And, you know, there's 50 guys or so there. I look, look just, and it's very uncomfortable when you tell the guys to do this. Look around the room and look at the guys around you. Mm. And I said, these guys are just like you. These guys are wounded. We're mm. all wounded. We're all broken. We all suffer from our own sins, addictions, and vices. 
And so I never, ever want to hear someone say, I don't belong here because I don't fit in with those guys or I'm not good enough. Because I've heard guys say that to me, like over coffee, I stopped coming because I felt like I wasn't good enough or I didn't belong or I have these problems. That to me is where Satan really works in the background on one end to keep us divided or from collaborating. But on the other end, there's the Pharisee, the self-righteous. He believes that he's so good that Pharisee just means separate, the separated one. He's a separatist. He, he keeps himself away from so-called sinners or those he thinks that are less than him because he's too good. So on, on both ends of the extreme, those are both incorrect. Mm. So what do we need to do? We need to be humble enough to say, I, 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 the Pharisee, I, I love this. He says, it, it says that he prayed to himself. He said, God, I am thankful that I'm not like the rest of humanity. That's a syndrome of the Pharisee. The truth of the matter is that everybody is like the rest of humanity and that we're broken, wounded sinners who need to be saved by Jesus Christ and his grace. And so I think that right there is just the very starting point is just, okay, guys, get over either on one hand your self-righteousness or your self-loathing and enter in. Deacon hmm. Charlie, also, go ahead, Deacon yeah, Charlie. Yeah, and I was going to say, I think it's also that, that commentary, because it's right on, Devin, I, I definitely hear that as well. I think that commentary of um, the, the pharisaical kind of approach to things is also in a way um, a lack of faith in God's ability to use all things for our good, right? Because the, the underlying thought there by that kind of group or cohort may be, there's nothing I can really learn here because I kind of already know all this, right? Or I don't really need the nourishment of other relationships because I've got you know good ones already or something. But if you really think about it and you get to the heart of what that says is God can do nothing good here for me. Now, I'll, I'll be the first one to raise my hand that I struggle with this, you know, uh, you know, kind of thought frequently, right? Where I, in fact, I just did it last night. My wife, uh, we live right next to uh, LMU, Loyola Marymount University. And my wife has a friend who's a, a Catholic speaker who was speaking on the campus. And I got in from work last night and she was getting ready to go take a walk because we're less than 10 minutes from the campus, literally just go walk to this talk. And the subject of the talk was not very interesting to me. And my initial thought was, well, what am I going to pick up there? I already kind of know. I, like literally that voice came into my head and I thought through that and I said, no, I'll go with you if for no other reason. I want to take a walk with you and, you know, hold your hand and make sure that, you know, the, the sun was down and it's dark. And, you know, so I, I did it for maybe that purpose. Leaving that talk, I was so humbled by what God had done in the talk, in the interactions I had with people around the talk that clearly were for me, right? Even though I went in with this thought, well, there's not much I can pick up here. So we have to break through that and have faith that God, even in the things we think we've known, right? It's the definition of docility is to do, to be taught something you've already learned, right? That is the definition of docility and fight through that inclination because God can work something there and you just don't know. So I always find that attitude also in a way kind of lessening the sovereignty of God and his ability to trans transform us even in situations that we might consider initially mundane or that we think we already know. Great insights. And I'm, I'm thinking, Devin, um, you know, both of these extremes have some aspect of pride. I mean, you've spoken a lot about Adam and 
um, kind of our initial, his initial fall and the fall that we now all um, are born into, that there's something about pride in both of those. Either I'm, 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 I'm too unique to save or I'm so unique I don't need to be saved. Um, talk a little bit about where, how pride is fitting into what Deacon Charlie is sharing, Devin. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you've already said it. It really is pride. I mean, I love what you said about docility. I, you know, I mean, they say repetition is the mother of all learning. You know, repetition is the mother of all learning. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, it, it is. <laughs> repetition is the mother of all learning, you know. And, and uh, I, but I do think that, you know, you look at Mass, you know, we go to Mass daily. If we, if we go daily, we hear the same readings. You know, we've only got three cycles, you know, and you, you pray the rosary, it's the same prayers. And you're like, you know, and I think that that's kind of the false premise of maybe, you know, the Protestant movement is that we got to create something new. We've got to be avant-garde, you know, it, it can't be the same old, same old. But what I find, though, is just in reflecting on those same scriptures and going to that same mass and praying that same rosary, there are layers and layers and layers. And God is constantly, if we're entering with that humble lowliness, but, you know, true lowliness before God saying, God, you can speak through all this to me in a new way. He almost always does. And I think that what what really is going on here is that, and I think this is very important, conviction leads to conversion. And we have a society right now, most of men who do not want to be convicted. And what I mean by that, society itself says there is no conviction. Love is love. Be what you want to be. You can be anything you want as cheap mercy handed out like Halloween candy, right? And, and then on the other side, you've got the Pharisee who convicts and convicts and measures and does all that. But the Lord, I love what he does. It's like with the woman at the well. She comes. He's, he's arranged this whole thing where she's coming at noon because she doesn't want anyone to see her in the heat of the day because most women come to the well in the morning, the cool day. But he's arranging. He's sent his disciples into town. And then he goes through this process of saying, go call your husband. I have no husband. Yes, you've had five husbands. The one you're living with is not your husband. And it seems like Jesus is rubbing her sins in her face. But no, he's saying, look, I know you're wounded. And I know you've acted out of that wounded in a disordered way. And you've got these vices. And you've been looking for this love from these men who can't give you what I can give you. And so she allows herself to be convicted of her sin. And then she opens herself up to receiving that mercy, which leads to conversion. And I think that whether the pride, like you're talking about, Matt, that's the very thing that keeps us from opening ourselves up in a daily life, our daily spiritual life, to being convicted of whatever it is. I demean my wife, or I was lusting, or I, I'm jealous of this guy at work, or whatever. You know, we don't allow ourselves to be convicted enough to let God in to convert us. Mm. You guys are on a roll. Let's uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, Deacon Charlie, I want to I want to sort of expand this um, this isolation. We're going to come quickly here to thinking about how God really is calling us as men together, and and the the power of coming together as men to fellowship, to encourage, to protect, to defend, to inspire. Um, but I want to think about your multicultural, uh, multi ethnic ministry in in L.A. in the L.A. diocese, Deacon Charlie. And are there any particular aspects of this division that has um, that is expressed in more cultural ways that that 
Um, I just am curious about our Hispanic brothers or um, other ethnic groups. Does it look a little different in your work, this, this, this notion of dividing and of separating and of isolating? I think the, at the root of it, probably the motivators are the same, but the expression or the manifestation of those realities can take on a different form. So in, in the Latino community, as an example, on one side, you have this general understanding by people, even if they're not Hispanic, and it happens to be true that the Latino community is a very communal culture, a very um, a, a, a community that understands principles per, like solidarity, perhaps a bit more easily. And that's actually true because it comes from a, um, a set an identity that is formed much more in this uh, style of solidarity, of kind of communal living, of the importance of really, you know, everybody in the equation making up a tapestry. And it doesn't have the same emphasis on individuality that we may have from an American cultural um, standpoint. So there, 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 that is true. Now, that is a good thing, right? You could say, well, we have a perspective of the importance of solidarity and that we all play a role and that we're all, you know, important in this grand work. You know the downside of of that, um, and it's not a downside that it's not necessarily individualistic. But the downside of that can oftentimes be a cultural expression that um, leaves you in this sort of what is commonly understood as a kind of machismo, uh, you know, culture as it relates to men, which is that there are you know spaces and places that are not just nourishing like what we're thinking a men's conference might be nourishing is a unique space for men to come together and uh, you know share their faith walk but are really reserved for men and in those spaces a lot of things that are unsavory but that's okay because we're guys we kind of do that right the the equivalent might be and matt maybe you and i talked about this on a call not too long ago but the equivalent might be the kind of man cave idea right so what you see is a lot of manifestations of that isolation come up in the sense of this kind of cultural drive of machismo which has a lot to do with respect and control and those are not really necessarily, those are not virtues that we necessarily want to emulate, but it manifests itself in that way. This idea that there are spaces that belong to me where no other people can come. And in those spaces and in the, in those modes, I operate in a way that I wouldn't share with, uh, you know, the rest of the world, especially any females in my, in my community, but that are okay because this is my space. It's a very possessive kind of isolation. Mm-hmm. That somehow manifest that sometimes manifests itself in that culture. Now it's not universal, and I don't want to give that impression, but it just is a is a layer of perhaps difference that happens in that world. Um, it's more about you know sort of status and again respect and control, um, and we see similar sort of you know variations of that maybe in the Anglo culture around this idea of a man cave or a space I go to re- to recede and retreat from that I may not be doing super healthy things in but it's okay because I need to, you know, some, a, a place to recharge. Yeah. So that's one of one difference mm-hmm. I would mention mm-hmm. perhaps manifesting itself. Men, for those of you joining us, uh, this is iron sharpens iron. Uh, it's a program for Catholic men by Catholic men. Uh, my name's Matt Palmer. I'm joined by my co-host Devin Shad. 
uh, the founder of Fathers of St. Joseph, and uh, uh, with the support of St. Gabriel Radio in the Diocese of Columbus and throughout Ohio, um, we offer this program for men across the country. Our guest today is Deacon Charlie Echeverry of the Los Angeles Diocese, and we're talking about um, this notion of, of, of that men, Satan tries to divide us, and yet we really um, um, need and benefit from being together to encourage, inspire, uh, defend, and pray. Um, Devin, I know you've got some reactions to, um, you often have talked about this as well, as, as Deacon Charlie shared uh, that particular characteristic. Um, what, what are some of your thoughts and, and reflections? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, the idea of isolation versus solitude, I think, is really important to clarify. So, um, obviously, isolation is from the devil, and that's what hell is, where, you know, heaven is eternal communion. God is an eternal communion, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Literally, each person is in the other, and then the saints are in that communion, and that's amazing, right? But hell is isolation. It's like each demon itself is now isolated in itself because they no longer live in that communion of working with God and for God. And so that's what the demons want of us. They want us to be isolated from one another because then we are powerless. Um, but even though we think that we're not, however, on the flip side though, solitude is necessary and essential for us to have true communion with our brothers and true communion with our wives and and our children, etc. So solitude just means be, that we're alone before God. So Adam was in solitude alone before God, and because he recognized this relationship he had with God in being in solitude with God, he was capable of giving himself away in communion with Eve. And, and so it's very important because without that solitude, without that prayer time and that silence with God, we're really not of much good, if any, to other people. So that's that's the first thing. Um, so that's where I would say, like, uh, the opposite of the man cave, which I totally agree with, Deacon Charlie, the opposite of the man cave, though, would be to have your tent of meeting, your prayer place, you know, in your house, tithe some space in your home and give it to God, you know, and then that way you're going there to have God in here in you and you're able to give what you have because as St. Augustine says, you can't give what you don't have. Um, but I think back to that whole thing of property and space and possessive, you know, we see this in gangs, you yeah. know, we see it in school rival rivalries. We, we see it on the streets, but I think we also see it in the church. You know, you've got these divisive camps. Oh, you're a trad. Oh, you're a lib. Oh, you know, whatever. And, and we see it with faith and reason and science and faith. And, and I think at the root of it is this deep-seated fear. I'm afraid. So like when fear is feeling, feelings and emotions attacking reason, F-E-A-R, feelings and emotions attacking reason. Reason is logic, God, the word. And whenever we don't think like him, we start to have emotive responses that cause us to fear and act stupidly and, and maybe even you know, ruining other people's lives and those actions. So I think that fear is always rooted in loss. And so why doesn't a trad want to actually engage a lib liberal-minded person um, in an altruistic way? Because he's afraid. You know, why do gang members, why, why do they not come together and collaborate as brothers? Because they're afraid of losing something, like you're talking about that respect, that power, whatever. And I think that for men, this is a big deal. Yeah. Because that false human respect, we're all always afraid of losing. So that's why we jockey at work for positions or for honors or prestige. And so fear is really the big enemy here. Mm. Deacon Charlie, um, 
kind of start to begin to take us home here. We've got about four minutes, three to four minutes. Um, reflect a little bit, Deacon Charlie, for the men listening um, and encourage them that um, coming together, and again, whether it's a large men's conference, whether it's a small gathering on a regular basis, give them a sense of what they uh, can experience there that um, is is worthy of their time and their commitment. Yeah, there's there, there's there's so much in what Devin said. I know we're running out of time that I, that I would love to address just to say at a very high level, and then I'll address your question, Matt. That you know, I believe Devin, as you pointed out, that fear is driving a ton of the current division that we're seeing, even in the church, along some of the camps, and there are more that you've described. And we have to remember at all times that our faith, Catholicism specifically. The, you know, the Trinity itself, the belief that we have at the highest level is a both and proposition and that it requires our assent to things that, you know, may or may not be our personal, uh, you know, passion or proclivity or that we might have a particular devotion to, but that it's part of the deposit of faith. And we have to take all of that into contention and living our lives as Catholics. And that means setting aside and really scrutinizing and grappling with those feelings that may come up around interactions uh, with folks who are, you know, maybe thinking differently or from different cultures or et cetera, et cetera. So just a general point there, because I think it's really important what you just said. With respect to your question, Matt, look, I think I, I think of St. Paul, right? Just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. God has been telling a story and is continuing to st- tell a story, salvation history, through a variety of different players, each of them unique for all time. We have to come in contact with those other players in order to hear their part of the story because it helps fulfill our own. You can't do that in isolation. When you get around other people, When you interact with other men, whether it's a small group or it's a men's conference with 3,000 people, you are able to see and experience this story of salvation unfolding before you and understand not just the parts that other people play, but more fully understand your own. That's how God made us. He made us in this grand salvific plan of which we are a unique participant but we have to be able to interact with other people because it nourishes us in the process and we can better understand the way that the role that we play and how to fulfill our own mission. It's Mm. fundamental, fundamental to be in communion, to be in fellowship, to be in community, to live that experience for, again, for, for the purposes of better understanding God's overall plan, but specifically for better discovering our own. Powerful. We'll let it uh, rest there. Um, Men, let's live this adventure of faith. Let's sharpen one another uh, and um, learn. Let's all learn together to be in communion with one another, to encourage, equip, inspire, teach, intercede for one another. This has been Iron Sharpens Iron. We look forward to having you all join us for our next episode. God bless. Make it a great day.